Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, and Sammy McKee. Along for the ride for the next two hours, Toronto and the New Jersey Devils. How about the Devils yesterday, JB? Yeah. Five unanswered goals against uh, MVP. Yeah. Shesterkin, or did he... Uh, Put up a touchdown on old did, Chesty. Did, she, did Shesterkin lose his MVP the uh, last week? You know, this is a Toronto Maple Leaf show, so I am here to say definitively so. <laughs> okay. He cannot win it now. All right. Well, we'll, we'll pick up on that conversation <laughs> a little uh, later in the show. We're glad you're along for the ride here. Uh, YouTube, thanks for watching, subscribing, uh, the chats, the likes. It's been fun so far. Since we've uh, attached uh, our butts to your computer screens. Pe- people like to see your expressions, Kipper. See how when well, you're Well, here's joking. an expression. It's cold outside. I got my uh, hat on for Colby Armstrong, or should I say the Beeb? Do I have a, a Justin Bieber look? Do you have a Beeb toque? Beeb's sporting the jerseys tonight. Uh-huh. I so, see. well, I, I know Sammy's all over this. That's a conversation we'll have a little later on in the show as well so uh we're glad you're aboard on this show eric francis will be joining us a little later on uh this uh this hour we'll get into calgary we'll get into mark giordano's uh uh debut for the toronto maple leafs he knows him well from his calgary days Mm -hmm. uh what he does he expect out of him with the toronto maple leafs uh ken danico in the next hour will give us his thoughts on new jersey and their chances against the leafs tonight uh, before we get into the Leafs, uh, still no decision from the league. I find this really strange. Me too. Now, first of all, do you say Dandanov or do you say Dadanov? Dedon- what is it? Dadanov. Dadanov. I would. I thought it was Dadanov. Oh well, well Dadanov is the how North American way. Apparently, the little bit of Russianization in there is Dadanov. You hit the second syllable in Russian names. Dadanov. Okay. The anyway. Donov. So Dadnov. I would have thought <laughs> I, I, I would have thought that the league would have tidied this thing up by now. Well, what happened to the salary cap stuff? I guess it didn't must not have mattered. We don't know. Yeah. We still don't know where his money is. Guess Vegas won't have to worry about vacating any wins. Where, where's his contract? <laughs> it's just floating in the ether. It, no, it's 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 in the iCloud right now. <laughs> Someone has to download it to their salary cap page. Somebody needs to spend thirteen ninety nine a month <laughs> to pull his contract down out of iCloud. <laughs> He's probably like, as long as it's somewhere where it's not 13% uh, tax, I'm happy. I know what's happened in the last 24 hours, too. And I'm going back to my uh, comparison of, of building a house right now. Mm-hmm. So the moment something gets screwed up it's the electrician blaming the drywall guy yeah and then the drywall guy is gonna say no no it's the carpenter's fault mm-hmm. and then the carpenter's gonna obviously blame the kelly uh, mccrimmon uh, contra- <laughs> the contractor the contractor is gonna blame the architect yeah. and then you find out the architect went out of business yeah you're screwed yeah yeah you're left holding the bag i mean so the understanding that i have here kipper is yeah. that okay so I'm total hearsay. You talk to people, you know, who may have more information on this yeah. sort of stuff. What I kind of have surrounded this thing as, it sounds like Vegas is in the wrong. It sounds like Vegas, not Ottawa, not Anaheim, probably knew that this guy had a no trade and said, but we could, we have plausible deniability. Is that the word I'm looking for? We can claim we didn't know. And they tried to trade him anyway. 100%. That's it, okay. 100%. That's just pure Sherlocking here. Yes, that's connecting the dots. Yeah. And I can tell you what's happened in the last 20, well, in the last 12 hours, 14 hours. They are praying the Donov mm-hmm. changes his mind. Really? Yes. This is final go. Changes his mind or caves. Yeah. Well, you know, we had that Chris Gear on yesterday, and he he was like, you know, you can exert a certain amount of pressure on these guys. They don't want to be pariahs to the organization, to the fan base. Like, if Dodonov is playing for Vegas and the fans 
are like booing this guy because now Alec Martinez can't get in because he wouldn't approve a trade. Like, does he want to be that guy? He shouldn't be put in that position in the first place, which is why Vegas are the bad guys. And you know, the NHL Players Association is somewhere going, don't do it. Don't do it. To Dodonov. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't cave. Don't go. Hold. 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 (laughs) And it's you you're not now you're fighting not just for yourself but you're fighting for every other guy that has a no trade clause or a limited no trade clause i mean how much does dodonov hate mccrimmon and mcphee right now like he's got to be saying f those guys they absolutely knew what they were doing here they put me yeah. in a bad position to try to bail yeah. themselves out so oh so i was going to ask you guys does this open up the bigger conversation about the way that they treat players yes. in Vegas because we think of we think of Mark Andre Fleury, one of the legends of the game, finding out he was traded on Twitter. Right? We think of all the guys they've brought in and shipped out and contracts that have signed and, and flipped them. I mean, this has got this reputation has to be going around through the league here. No, I think you're a hundred percent right. But there's nothing you can really do about the way someone treats you. You can only react to it. And to my point earlier, just maybe hold your ground, but you can't control how they want to uh, fire or trade players like uh, Gerard Gallant mm-hmm. or Mark Andre Fleury leaving. And I think finding out about his trade on Twitter. Am I am I right in saying With that? Fleury, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And the and we always remember if, Alan Walsh tweeting out the 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 painting of the sword through his back. If this is the way they want to conduct business, then that's their business. You can't you can't change that. You can't unless they want to. Yeah. Unless that uh, they figure out that players are not going to want to go there based on this reputation that you speak of. But there's other people that say, like a Jack Eichel. It's Vegas. It's I, it, cheap. They I, can win. I, I no state tax. I hope they don't treat me that way. Yeah. I hope I'm the exception. Whatever, but th- that's out of your control, Sammy. In terms of how they want to conduct their business it's and how great. aggressive they want to be. It's like if you've ever looked at someone who has just like is spending a wild amount of money, and you're like, how do they have so much money? I, I, they must make a lot of money, and then one day you find out they're bankrupt. Like that's Vegas to me, <laughs> yeah. where it's like. Well, you're is the good- it too late now to say sorry? but that's vegas to me where it's like you know they've been spending all this money and every time it's been a running joke it's like every free agent they're in on everyone how does vegas do it they they must be cap wizards and then turns out no you can't just spend willy-nilly and not have to deal with the consequences so there's still extremes out there you've got hardcore organization like vegas you got kyle dubas here that uh cares about his players follows the uh uh, Tavares to an ambulance, right? Yeah. So players will decide where they want to go, where their families want to go, how they want to, the perception of uh, the way people treat uh, you in organizations. Those are all factors when it comes to, say, free agency for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy how large the implications are for this hockey season, though, because Vegas is undeniably one of the Stanley the teams that we thought going into the year that was a cup front runner. Now I think we still... I can see a healthy Vegas in the first round of the playoffs being a real headache for someone. But, you know, are they going to get there? They got 19 games left, 18 games left, and they're on the outside looking in, boys. Yeah, they're outside of playoffs as of today, and actually not even that close. One point back, but they're four games. They have four extra games played than Dallas. They only have 16 games left. I'm not here to suggest that... uh anybody's jobs are on the line, but I got to feel like Peter DeBoer and his staff right now are feeling the pressure. How is it not Kelly McCrimmon? I I understand that things have gone well and they've been very good, but if things, injuries have happened, but if it all comes unglued the way it looks like it's going to come unglued this season, when and all we hear about is the pressure from the ownership in Vegas and the desperation to win a Stanley cup tomorrow. I can't imagine they're going to look at the people who have helmed this sort of, precipitous decline and say, yeah, yeah, go, you have another kick at the can here. But you know, 99% of any general manager in any era would just go, ah, injuries. 
Look at us. No one got no one played. <laughs> Injuries. And he's not wrong. He's he not wrong. wrong. If they when they're healthy, they're very good. He's also a coach. I don't. All right. I'm sorry. An owner in uh, Bill Foley, Wild mm. Bill. That uh, I'm not sure that would fly with him. I'm not sure. The goal differential is like the ultimate telltale stat for me. I know it's basic as hell, but at this point no, of the I, year... I love like, it, too. I, I even love it in baseball, too. Run differential, yeah. goal differential. It just tells you kind of who you are. And by playoffs, the teams that are green make yeah. the playoffs. Teams that are in red don't. Vegas is plus four. They're barely got yeah. their head above water in terms of goal differential in the season. Like, you know, you look at the East, the New York Islanders are minus one. Like, that's the, the type of company that they're, they're keeping here. It's a wild discrepancy with goal differential. This is an aside in the Eastern Conference. There, everybody that's in the playoffs is a plus, and everyone that's not, minus. There's no flukes. And huge pluses, yep. like plus 74 for Florida, plus 56 for Carolina. Leafs are plus 40. Mm-hmm. Second year under the ninth place spot, minus 28. And looking to improve against the Devils tonight in the next generation game. We discussed 24 hours ago, Mrazek versus Shalgren. I put up a pretty good argument for Shalgren. You put one up for Mrazek. You won. I lost. Well, here's the thing. I don't know that I won so much as my idea was the same as theirs. If Mrazek goes out there and poops the crease tonight, you may have won the argument after all. So, <laughs> But for now... For now, you are standing a little taller, and maybe the convincing thing in, uh, in all of this is that the Maple Leafs have won seven consecutive games versus the Devils, and they've outscored them 42-18. to 18. Their last loss to New Jersey, April 5th, 2018. We've never come on the show and said the Leafs are going to pump a team and have the Leafs play well, ever. But they should pump the Devils. The mm-hmm. Devils just... Going off, they played last night in New Jersey. They had to get on a plane, fly here. And they looked pretty quick. Yeah, they did. They had a good night. But, you know, that takes some pressure off them. They play well. They fly to Toronto. The Leafs are rested. They plug a couple of good players in the, into their lineup. They should be able to handle business tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and social media takes notice when, uh, when we say that uh, the Leafs will win by six or seven tonight. I got a 5-2. I will tell you, though, you better score the first and second goal of the hockey game if you're Toronto just to ensure that you give Mrazek some breathing room. You know what I I don't want to know what the feeling's going to be if he lets in a goal in the first three minutes. If one goes armpit on Mrazek. Oh, boy. You know what? They honestly need to play like the Islanders and just like everyone collapse, force a shot from the outside, let them see it, let let it hit him in the Bieber. Take it right off the, the Drew House logo. and Right in the Tim Beams? <laughs> oh, we caught it in the old Tim Beams. <laughs> they need to give him a couple of pucks he can see early, find the flow of things a little bit. Can I ask you something? What the hell is a next-gen game? You know what that means? No. Why are you guys um, looking at me? I'm not that young. That, that means, Sammy's uh, 33, right? Yeah. We're, we're, not that we're, young. We're, we're hoping we can catch the audience that are going to be shelling forty grand a year soon before they're making for, for season tickets <laughs> for season tickets you're the next generation that's uh we're gonna milk yeah that's what it is so they incorporate bieber they have uh i don't know does nickelodeon slime someone at some point what happens <laughs> i saw the characters they put out uh, the leaf listen guys there everybody in the youtube comments right now are hot and bothered about the jerseys a lot of jersey talk people want people want the jersey talk kids. Okay, so are we gonna give it, to let's yeah, give, let's it to give it to them let's give it to it so okay. I, okay i think it's a tough one for a lot of Leafs Nation, because we know what Leafs Nation is a hardworking, working class kind of of fan base. With a lot of people that probably aren't the biggest fans of Justin Bieber's music. Can we can we all agree on that? I agree with the statement. Yes. Um. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't care about that. <laughs> okay. So I think there's a lot of pushback to the Toronto Maple Leafs not only changing their colors, putting out a black jersey. Mm-hmm. But having the reverse be black and gold, which is, I don't know if you've checked this or not recently, but that's the colors of one of their biggest and most hated rivals that, in that, the Boston Bruins. That, to me, is strange. The, the reverse. But that's the color of Drew, that's the color of Drew House, is I, yellow. That's fine. But why, like, that, that is Boston Bruins colors. I agree. There's only so many colors. And, I mean, <laughs> they're trying well, to do can a we fun just, reversible thing. Can, can, can we just avoid the, 
the colors of the organization that last fed you your, or your, no, Montreal <laughs> fed you your crap sandwich last year. You've eaten right? a few. <laughs> so, We're out of colors here, okay? So, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they fed you a crap sandwich. Can we not? Can we just avoid the Bruins? Uh, yeah, it's. I get it. It's a Bieber thing. It's so, the inside of the jersey. But, but I, I will say that, as similar to the Drake thing, and I don't think it's as much as the Drake thing for me. I, I think it's, it's pretty cool that the Leafs have a guy that's from the area, that's one of the biggest, most recognizable superstars on planet Earth. Yes. That has aligned himself with the team yes. and has designed a I think that's great for for recognition. Yeah, it's because the for, Leafs need that, right? They, well, need, they the, need more recognition. Listen, I think... What's the harm? Oh, it's the harm. Exactly. <laughs> I, Next gen. You don't think... Exactly. You don't think a kid that, like, you know, somebody likes Bieber and they see him with the Leafs and there's all this kid stuff that's appealing to them. I think it's pretty cool. I, I, I have get, to say... I get the marketing. It's I, not for I, me, I but I think it's cool. I will say, I, I was stunned to learn Bieber's age. I was like, this guy's got to be in his 30s by now. He's still he's still in his 20s. Just turned 28, I think, recently. So there's still some appeal for the next generation. I so, get it. So, I, I get all the marketing. I get the, yeah. the, the business side of it. How do you like the look of the, yes. the black and blue? So forget the It looks like side. a practice jersey to me. Mm. It does. Okay. I, and I don't want to I, I see the like Oakland Raider colors. Wasn't this black? thing done already yeah everyone tries to do the right, black, black and gold and sammy had the most passionate take of anyone but you I, loved it. i love it i love it i love a black jersey i love when canada has a black jersey i love a black jersey i think you look bigger and faster Blue and white you look big Same and fast in canada and black in, in a black jersey you look big and strong and fast you look faster in a black jersey it's just like when you wear white cleats in, in baseball or football so, you just look faster so I, Colin Blackwell's going to look 6'3 tonight? <laughs> what is he, 5'8"? 5'8"? I don't know if he's going to be that big. I will but. say, I, I like the the jersey. Um, you know, what's the Shibori look? The, like, black and blue kind yeah, of yeah, faded. Yeah, it's like a tie-dye thing. The skyline. Yeah. I wish the skyline were a little more visible, but I don't know. It's fine. But guess you know, what? Here's the most exciting part. Peter Mrazek has a new set of gear. I know he Another does. new set oh, of gear. This guy's played 17 games. He's got 14 kits. <laughs> I saw someone tweet when they... Somebody put a picture of him with wearing the new gear, and it said that he's got more uh, more sets of gear than he has saves in the last four games. I was like, oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I uh, <laughs> Fun fact about uh, Peter Mrazek, he's played 16... Hold on. I just yeah, want, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What are the odds of... Uh, and I don't know if this is out or, at all or if they've mm-hmm. talked about it. What are the odds that uh, Bieber's making an appearance tonight? I would say... Almost 100%. Has to be there. No. He'll be there. He'll be so, there. So let me oh, ask you. Yeah. So Kipper's heading is, down tonight to is, the alumni box. He's going to cruise around looking for a selfie. Are the Leafs paying Bieber? I don't know. Probably. I imagine not because this is great promo for Bieber and the Drew House brand. God, I, well, you would know about this sort of thing. Didn't they? Didn't the Raptors give Drake like an $800,000 jacket or something? Do you remember that story? Out there giving him like two fifty. I remember they gave him a, a jacket that had the Raptors logo, like the Raptors jersey embroidered on the inside. But I don't remember anything about an eight hundred thousand dollars jacket. Google diamonds, it. diamonds, okay. diamonds. Just, yeah, something. And if if the answer is no, they're not paying him. <laughs> They'll find other ways yeah. to, to cash in on it. Yeah. But he's not he's not a dumb guy either. No, I mean it's huge promotion. I imagine for his own for, for the Drew brand right yeah. now. I yeah. can imagine like. Sammy, would these be sold out? Would they be a hot commodity? Of course they would be. Would they not? I think they would be. I haven't checked Unless into the sales, but I—I I mean, I—they're pretty expensive. I don't know. I'm not probably not going to buy one. But like, how expensive? We're talking two hundred bucks, two thirty. Yeah, that's standard, though. Yeah, you're right. Yep, not any more than any other normal jersey would cost. But yeah, oh. all I know is Sammy did show up with a Tim Beebs toque one day. Yeah. He was potentially considering the market value of that, the aftermarket on it. Yeah. I do like. <laughs> I like Bieber. I I, Listen, I love Bieber. I love what he brings. I'm not if, really the biggest fan of his music, but he's they, a Canadian same, guy. If they, if they show Bieber tonight wearing his jersey and uh, holding a little Buddha cocktail, <laughs> I will love him How forever. How much money would you pay Bieber to hold one for the for like a jumbotron oh, shot? Oh, that's 10K? that's worth no. That, that's that's worth a case. <laughs> that's worth a free case for sure. Oh wow, it's generous. <laughs> well, I'm really thrilled we squeezed. Five minutes at a jersey top. Oh, there, there you go. There you Thank go. Thank you. Thank so, you. Next gen. 
I was going to say, while we were talking about that, Mrazek has his, uh, what is it, his fifth set of gear. Mm -hmm. He's 10 and 6. Can you believe that? All this hype of this guy, he's got 10 wins and 6 losses for the Leafs. And we were saying, like, his run support, the amount of goals they score when he's in the net, it's wild. Um, About four goals per game they score when he's in, but plenty where there's been more. So, you know, he's, he's winning. He's winning. Does that matter? A good showing tonight. Out of Marazic, and I don't know if that is possible against New Jersey if they end up being as flat as as you say or you think off of a back to back game. Is that enough to steer him into a a, a role with it through the weekend? Or, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, well, but you got to be thinking about Saturday and Sunday more so against a team that you can go a long way to wiping out this negativity the last three weeks yeah. or a month with a win Sunday against Florida. Well, I mean, we can hear Keith talking about why he chose to start him, but I mean, it's uh, all the reset stuff. Let's let's, let's, let's uh, go to Kipper's uh, Clippers here with uh, Sheldon Keith. Just simply that, you know, in, in talking to him, you know, he's in, a, he's in a good place, you know, relative to what he's been through here, and I think he's handled it well. Uh, I think he's had a, a really good practice day yesterday, a good opportunity to kind of, Clear his head and, and get going, and you know we've had you know, we've had a good gap in, in time uh, since we played our last game, and uh, obviously a long gap since Peters played. So, all those reasons, it's a, it's a good opportunity to get him back going tonight. Is that, is that long enough for a reset? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm dying at the. He's in a good place relative to what he's been through. <laughs> like but, this guy should but, be in the dumpster. So what he's been through is bad as opposed to clearing waivers is that what he's alluding to it is him being bad no i think that's part of what he's been through mm-hmm. all right the clearing of the waivers the playing so bad that he's getting you know losing you. starts I, to shelgren as a guy that's been in the nhl and had to deal with uh, waivers and it is there's a lot of ways to be insulted yeah as an nhl player clearing waivers yeah. is right there is it oh my gosh it's yeah. just it's it's so humbling. Different it is. Though. It's just a bad, bad feeling about where you where you think your value is. And mm. it's one thing to say that, uh, you know, a trade will always be half and half. The team hates you. They want to get rid of you. But there's someone else there that wants you. Mm-hmm. When you clear waivers, that's the feeling that 30 te- 32 teams do not value enough to get you for free. So... I know we've talked about on this show before, there was a point where everyone's salaries became public. Where in your yeah. career did that happen? Like halfway through or right at the beginning? Uh, pretty much in the beginning. Okay. So would when you or someone else on your team went on waivers, teams would have known your salary, obviously. I guess the league would know. They would have all known. Okay. Yeah, you don't have conversations with anyone else. Without right. Knowing so when that. the team looks at you on waivers, they they can go, okay, well he oh you know he makes yes. too much for his whatever. That so was, your contract, that, you could have comforted that, yourself with that. that. That was yeah, but that never happened. No, you no, were, because you were never making too much to be no, nobody. Nobody was making enough. The, 99% of the guys on waivers were not your Stevie Eisermans or right. top top players. So it was never about money for those guys. It was never guys. about money for those guys. Yeah. So so I know of guys in the NHL when I was with the, the Leaf system who they put them through waivers, but not to embarrass the guy, but to show him what his value was. And I'm thinking of one instance where they said, you know, you think you're this good? You think this team wants you and this team wants yes. you? We're going to put you on waivers and show you. And they put him on waivers and no one claimed the guy. And yeah. it was like, now will you forecheck? Yeah. Now will you do the things in the that's, minors? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, now I'm, will you listen to the goalie I, coach? I, I don't right. know anybody that's gone through that. <laughs> right? But um, I just look at Mrazek right now and there has to be a part of him and Jack Campbell to a lesser extent that says, you guys went shopping for a goalie. You put him on waivers. They're, they're, the last stance for these guys is to just to tell them, screw you. I'm, I'm better than this, and I'll, I'll yeah. prove it. Like you said, this is where they have to step up. This is where Mrazek has to come in, and he cannot give up three or four goals. Well, three maybe, but four is a disaster. Four is a disaster, even if they're backdoor one-timers. <laughs> Six four seven four win, yeah. no good. No, um, so if if there's a world where Jack Campbell comes back in a week 
and he stops a bunch of pucks and looks good and they get through a playoff round and they lose in round two. What becomes of the Jack Campbell contract discussion you and I had months oh, ago? Oh, gosh, you're, you're way ahead of me right now. I know. You are. It's just like I, I can't. Like, I, my thought why I'm asking is I was like, God, these guys have gotten cheap. So, like, I'm Campbell's sorry, gotten who, who, cheap. Campbell. They, they've, so they've beaten one of Carolina. Yeah. They've beaten one of Florida, Tampa Bay, Boston. Yeah. Now what do you give Jack Campbell? I would, I would assume that as good as Matthews and Marner could be in that first round, the reason why you advanced and won that You'll series is Jack Campbell. Yeah. We're right back to where we were before. <laughs> Five plus. This is 10, 10 steps ahead. Five plus, buddy. And if he's wins no good one round. The, and if he's no good for the next 15 games, you don't even want him. Win one round, and he is your goalie next year. Yeah. You have upset a favorite. Right. Leafs are going to be and he's, Isn't that crazy? He's young enough where you could you could say if if he can do that this year, then he can do that in the next yeah. few years. How about the Leafs are going to be underdogs in what could be historically the franchise's best regular season ever? They have a chance to be the best Toronto Maple Leafs team in Leafs history. Yeah, it's not. N- nobody cares. Oh, what? Yeah, no, nobody cares. No, you're right. You don't, I don't care. Cares. No one cares. No, no. I listen. I think if they win a playoff series or potentially, God forbid, two. And they, they have the greatest season of all time. It matters. But if they have the greatest season of all time, losing the first round, it does not matter at all. It's not apples to apples, first of all, okay? This regular season in 2022, I'm watching, first of all, I'm watching so many bad teams. Number one, okay? Let's just say that. we've. It, there's always been bad teams. No, not like this. Not like this. We haven't had... Ten teams. Uh, we that haven't are had. Just like... We haven't had the East Divi- uh, East Conference decided in November. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. We've got bad teams. Number one. Watching teams not even dress full rosters because of salary cap implications. That's never happened before. Listen to the bottom of the East. Like Montreal, Ottawa, Philly, New Jersey, Buffalo, Detroit, Columbus. Like that's. And the Islanders are the only team that are out of the playoffs Division that are two decent. stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's great. It, you know, put them up on a record. Put them up. Uh, you know, third in Austin could score 60 goals, which is great. A huge accomplishment. I'm not taking anything away from that. But is, is anything away from that. The franchise record. Is it's, it? Again, it's against some bad teams out everyone's there. Everyone's playing the bad teams, though. Losing the first round, and I don't think anybody gives a crap. Well, I think a lot he's, of these fans give no, a crap if Matthews. Right. He's right. Kipper's right. You're telling me the Leafs fan base doesn't care if Austin Matthews oh, sets the franchise oh, I, record. I, I care about that. Hey, hey, hey. Wonderful consolation price. I care about But they care. Yes. Whether you think it's ridiculous they care or not. No, no, I'm not saying they have no reason to care. It's nice. It's nice. But we're it's, past it's that. Not, we're past that. We don't care. We don't care. And I told you. If he if he has a more complete game and, yeah. and and is able to include more and sometimes I watch it and it's the Austin Matthews show out there, you know, that's not that's not going to help you win a Stanley Cup. If he can score forty and and make sure that four or five guys or seven guys and, and he starts carrying guys and he carries that that Sidney Crosby reputation of really making guys around you better, mm-hmm. then then that's better for the team yeah we'll have to see if that happens in playoffs this year because i'd argue right now he does that for a guy like bunting or whatever whoever's on the ice with i think them. i don't i think matthews and marner both do so much for each other and obviously for bunting but i think it's hard to measure who does more for each person because yeah, they're both playing so unbelievably yeah. well yeah. don't you think like i'd love to see him with it on another line to see what he does for the other people around him because it's so hard to measure when you have marner who does so much too remember dennis maruk yes Okay. Mm. Uh, played, yeah. played against him in a pro once. What's, Den- what's Dennis Ramuk famous for? He scored 60 goals. Hat. Thank you very much. Oh. So <laughs> I'm, hats. I'm walking in the hallway and I pass someone's desk and there's a Washington Capitals hat. Yeah. And it's signed by Dennis Maruk. And underneath his signature, he has 62 goals in the year that he did it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, do you want to be Austin Matthews and sign your signature and put 62 goals in the year that you did it? Or would you be like Nick Kiprios and sign it <laughs> and go 94 cup champs? Yeah. Which would you, how would you rather sign a hat? Yeah. No, I, I actually think this is a, a very good argument about what your career priorities may be. And not to say that Marouks weren't winning a Stanley Cup at the time and 62 helped but his it's, team it's, it's along the way. It's all he has. Right. And could he, would he love to trade that, that 62 yes. goals in for champs in what year? Yes. And don't you see the evolution of this, though, throughout guys' careers? They come into the league. They want to prove themselves, show they can put up points, be, you know, win the Hart Trophy. And eventually you see guys get older and go, boy, sure be nice to get my name in the Stanley Cup. And you yeah. see guys at the end of their career going, ah, maybe I should have prioritized this sooner. Claude Giroux right now, yeah. chasing it. It's important. Ray, uh, Ray Bork, mm-hmm. so fortunate, but he was around. Joe Sackick, Rob Blake. Yeah, right? I, you see guys doing it at Thornton and Marlowe. And- They're trying so hard. Yeah. Look at Joe right now. Thornton tried it in Toronto. If, you know, we all went through it when we played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You fantasize about being on that team that wins it here. And then he's got one more crack at it in Florida. He wants to taste that. He wants to... It is, for those guys especially that have hung around 20 years, like Joe Thornton, that's a tough pill to swallow that you you had 20 cracks at it yeah. and didn't get it done. And we're, he got to the final with the Sharks and the Penguins are just too fast for them. Remember that series? Yeah, Where he yeah, was like visibly frustrated the entire time? Yes. Um, that, was, that was an unbelievable run for them. Happy uh, he had that. Can we get... We listen to Sheldon talking about the remaining schedule because well, I want to. No, I want to what... do. I want to do deadline mentality. Okay, fine, that's what I want to do. All right, uh, and this is Sheldon Keith uh, talking about uh, getting through the uh, trade deadline. The message to our team yesterday is: we got twenty games remaining here. I, I think there is that for sure, and that was really our message to the group yesterday when we met before practice. Is held out. You no, know, this is our group. We got twenty games remaining. We know. We know who's here. Um, obviously, we you know there's guys with the Marlies that are still going to factor into what's going on. But basically, everybody that was in the room yesterday, that's our group, you know. So, um, so let's get to work. We know you know where we what we need to do. We know where we need to go. Uh, we know what we're trying to accomplish. So let's get to work. I thought yesterday's practice was outstanding uh, in terms of the energy and the competitiveness that we had uh, uh, with the group and the work that we got done. So really good vibes coming out of that, and that's really what you want to see. I'm, I'm listening to Sheldon, and I'm, I, I can't help but kind of compare like a, a trade deadline in, in my era uh, pre-salary cap and what the guys go through today. Yeah. And we, we'd have uh, – there'd be like your four or five superstars on every team that just know that they're not going anywhere. Right. But we would have a dozen guys nervous as hell. Yeah. And today that's, that's not the case. Like – they're not stupid guys. They can do the math. They can do their contracts. They can know who's like Peter Morazic. I know it was still kind of some people thought he was going to get traded or uh, they'd be able to move his contract. I, I I stuck with it. I just said there's there's not a chance. So many of these guys know they're not going anywhere mm-hmm. based on their contract situation. Even Travis Dermott, he knew. Yeah, he oh. just knew these he guys either well themselves. They know or they don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't nearly as many guys nervous going into yesterday or uh, yeah. the, the trade deadline uh, on Monday, like like th- there was in my era. But I still think that there'd be that vibe, and I even think for someone like Willie Nylander, who you know, of all the things that could happen, you never know. And you know, the Leafs look like it looked like an organization who might do something big. I, you know, for all these guys, Kerfoot and that would be so against Kyle. But that's but this is the thing is that he Kyle has been authentic in this when he says he's doubling down, he's sticking with them. You know, I think as a player, you would have some doubt. Like, is he going to change course? Is he going to hold fast oh. on this? This guy is held fast. I, I would have been shocked. Yeah, if he. Just turned around in the last second and, and and traded Willie. Now, losing the first round, you know that's if might get t- we, traded before the final we, buzzer, we, <laughs> the final game. We assume, and if if he assumes the same that he's around, mm-hmm. that will be that first question: Who's moving out? 
Marner now or we're gonna Nylander. We're going to take some time and assess, and we're just going right? to step back here. But, for, I can already hear it. But as, as far we as... We had some good looks. As, as, <laughs> as far as kind of reading the tea leaves, I think most players and most people could kind of figure out he was really limited here. So you don't think that the Leafs feel much different in that dressing room today than a week ago in terms of they knew who was going to be here? I think I think they do feel better because they feel like they've got... Uh, They're a better as, team. As a team, a reset... They've got uh, a guy with a 1,000 uh, games under his belt and who's got an impeccable reputation, much like Felino had, for being a character guy. Does it transcend on the ice? Yeah. Uh, we'll see as early as tonight. I want to draw a differentiation between Giordano and Felino because I see people holding them up on Twitter a lot and going, well, they did this, whatever. Mark Giordano won the Norris Trophy as the best defenseman in the NHL yeah, three, three years, years ago. ago. Nick Felino's career peak was pretty good player. Did he yeah. make an all-star game? I, I honestly, I, I'm not sure, and I'm not trying to be crappy to Felino, who was a yeah. great player and all that, but, like, yeah. you know, their declines have not taken Mark Giordano to a guy who might not be able to contribute. Like, he's not, still a very good yes, player. But but you're not contributing anywhere near no. three years ago. No, and no one's asking him to. No, you kind of got traded like you were pretty close still. He, he was on an, if No. But see, he was on exposed in an expansion draft. If he was the Norris Trophy guy, that doesn't happen. So you know what he is. So that's he, why they, Calgary let him go. Because he wasn't the Norris guy anymore. So the or, league or knows. Close. So he didn't get traded like he was the Norris guy. He got traded like he's a expiring piece of fruit. No, he did not get traded like well, that. Well, I'm no, seeing a different person. Well, the thing is then we can't they, pretend that he's Nick Foligno they, at Nick's point in his career. No, they, they, well, they, they thought they were getting Nick, like Nick of four years ago in right. Columbus. And they weren't. And they weren't. I don't and think I'm the just, Leafs think they're getting Norris Trophy Giordano is my point. They think he's pretty close. They do. They think he's at a very high level still. I think he is at a high level yeah. too. I just see him being talked about like he's, well, they got this Joe Thornton type guy. When Joe Thornton came here, he came for a million bucks. Like Gio makes six point whatever for a reason. I agree with you that there is, there's value there, but uh, there will be at times footish, uh, foot speed issues. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Uh-huh. But I think I think he's like Tavares, where he's got high great IQ, comparison. high IQ, great, comparison. and will find different ways to be involved. Clever, and we know, crafty. We, we know Tavares. Uh, yes, there are times in the neutral zone that uh, he, he's slow, but he works. But he can get to the net. He can get in and out like like Bunting. Mm-hmm. They can find ways to create offense and, and get points. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I totally agree with that. So do we, man? How have we? How are we at thirty-seven minutes? Uh, remaining schedule. Okay, Sheldon Keith, <laughs> Kippers, Clippers. The message to our team yesterday is: we got twenty games remaining here. Um, you know, we've got uh, seven of those games are going to be against you know, Florida, Tampa, and Boston. Um, so you know, we, we've we've got lots of opportunity here to just control our own situation so let's just focus on that and we talked about yesterday we talked about just 20 games remaining but this morning we talked about that there's just one game here tonight against new jersey so let's just focus on on that and be be prepared to take care of each day love it mm-hmm. i mean i he didn't say what i said 20 exhibition games but he's 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 kind of going down that path that there's the big picture but let's worry about uh tonight's game but we don't have to change the world tonight. And even, even Mrazek, guys, uh, even a loss tonight won't change a whole heck of a lot in terms of the mindset of, of getting this guy to a place where we need to be ready when it ultimately matters. And you're still six, six weeks away from there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought of the, the line that Keith had a few days ago or a week ago where he said, you know, we want to judge ourselves against the best team in the league. I'm glad that seven of these 10 games, it's Florida, it's Tampa, it's so, Boston. So I'm looking at the standings here. Yeah. And uh, the Boston Bruins are tied with the Toronto Maple Leafs with uh, at least of one game ahead at 83 points. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are one point ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have, I think, now won f- lost five of seven Tampa. Ooh. So I think we're now officially on Toronto versus Boston in the first <sighs> round watch. Toronto versus Bruins is very real. It's, it's, it's lurking here. Yes. And right. we thought there was no chance down the road. Like, we never thought this was co- – and now it's really lurking. Which gives fans of the jersey a chance to switch over <laughs> late in the series. <laughs> 
if they need to. Oh, your eyes lit up with that, the, eh? If they need to, you just <laughs> reverse the jersey. And you got your Bruins colors. Yeah. You can, just, you can get a double-sided, a bunting that flips over to a Marchand on the other side. You like a certain style. Guys, and I tell you, uh, Pasternak, mm. Bergeron, Mm-mm. and Marchand, as dangerous as they've ever been. I know. Getting Berger- ready. Bergeron's stats, his like fancy stats, are gross. They are so good. He's he is like... I mean, he makes the team so much better at both ends of the ring. Like, elite, like, should be in the Hart Trophy conversation, his his advanced numbers anyway. And I really believe that the Boston Bruins, they want it real bad. Lindholm, and getting Lindholm at 6.5, a guy that you're going to throw out every other night and legitimately get 22, 24 minutes of real minutes, of controlling minutes, Huge. Mm-hmm. Now, Swayman. As I say, you want Campbell no, or Swayman in game no one? Difference. Take your pick. No difference, right? Unproven, and both have the capabilities of of being real talented guys. God, Swayman's numbers everywhere he's ever played are so good. <laughs> it's a little scary. How old Swayman? 23. Six foot three. Oh, great. great. 194. Great. Goalie of the future for the Bruins. All right. That's, uh... This got to be it for Patrice, right? I think he should retire. He played. Swayman, Swayman played ten games last year and was a nine forty-five. In thirty games this year, he's a nine twenty-five. That's that's the one thing. University was a nine twenty-one. If, if you can have a guy that young, yeah, uh, show that kind of sustaining power, yeah, uh, mm. maybe maybe a in, little. In maybe defense, you, you, you might you, you'll you'll give Boston, I think, the advantage in that. His last year in the AHL, he was a 9.33. And his last year in the University of Maine, he was a 9.39. So he's, you know, never not been awesome. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there for Leafs fans. By the way, uh, you depressed us with the Boston-Toronto in the first round. I not the other way around. I had to bring it up. It's coming. You got you to gotta look it in the face, man. Lurking. Carolina looked pretty good, too, last night, didn't they? Yeah, and Tampa didn't. This is interesting. We should, we'll have a Bolts conversation yep. here at some point. Cause, mm-hmm. All right. You not, said it fast. Fast 42 minutes to start our show. I didn't even get to it all. All right, we'll go to a break. When we come back, Eric Francis, senior columnist and analyst with Sportsnet. We got Vegas. We got Calgary. Edmonton, last five minutes. What happened to yeah. them last night? And uh, we'll get geo thoughts out of Eric as well. You're listening and watching on YouTube. Real Kipper and Born. We'll be back after this. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs-Jets tickets on March 31st is Connor. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting lots of feedback on social media. They're saying, JB, avoid Hedman, Vasilevsky, and Kucherov. Let them battle it out against Florida and gladly take the Boston Bruins. I actually, I love this question for Leafs fans. Is your scar tissue so thick that you don't want the Boston Bruins, even though they're clearly inferior to Tampa Bay and Florida, right? Clearly? Maybe that clearly was too emphatic. Let's bring in Eric Francis. Maybe he could settle this for a senior columnist and analyst with Sportsnet. Eric, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know we're going to talk about uh, the West for sure, particularly Calgary and Vegas, but uh, tell us how you see this thing shaping up for the Leafs uh, as early as round one and maybe preferences well, I don't see it shaping up well at all. And I think everyone in your city knows you're in a collision course with probably the two best teams in hockey. Uh, if you're going to have any success in knock one of them off, you're going to have to face the other one. I do think, like Borny said, it's amazing. Talking to buddies of mine in Toronto, I'm from Toronto originally, that scar tissue is so well put. You know, people just, you know, that is just so painful to think about playing Boston, even though they are not even close. They're not even in the same league as either one of those Florida teams. So yeah, you guys are hoping 
you guys have got to be hoping for a Boston matchup, but I, I don't see it happening. I think you're going to face a juggernaut early on, and best of luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Before we uh, we do head out west, I, I figure it's good to get your thoughts on Mark Giordano, uh, the player he was towards the end of his time with Calgary and was in Seattle. You know, what what's left in the tank for Giordano that, uh, that Toronto has acquired here at the deadline? Well, I'm so happy for him. You know, I mean, this is, it's, I don't know if it's something he's thought of for a lot of years in his career, but what a unique and great opportunity for him to come home, play for the team he cheered for as a kid. You guys all know the story. But what I've always said about Mark Giordano is that this is a guy who would block a shot with his face in a preseason game. Like, that's how much the game means to him. Yeah. That's how much of a team player he is. This guy, the one thing you're never going to be shortchanged on is effort. Um, I still think he's a formidable defenseman in the National Hockey League, especially if he's playing in a second pairing and playing with TJ Brody. I mean, those guys know each other like the back of their hands. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big, big success. I think people are going to fall in love with Giordano, and I'm so happy for him to get that chance. No matter how it ends in the playoffs, um, I think it's just it's great. And and maybe maybe next year there's a chance he'd he'd stay there. You know, depending on how this goes over the next month or two. Um, but uh, for the moment. Enjoy it. These are the cool stories and uh, the ones that I really hope turn out well for the guy and for the city. Eric, as far as Calgary exposing him, was it a hard decision? I look at Calgary's defense before this season started. You're like, Gio could still be there. Why the decision if he could still, of course, contribute to a various uh, degree of high uh, you know, intensity? Why, why give him up? What happened? It was such a tough – it was actually a no-brainer decision. You could see it coming for months, but a tough, it's a tough emotional parting of the ways. I mean, they tried to do whatever they could to try and salvage it, you know, maybe meet some of the uh, asking prices that Seattle had, but the price tag was huge. They wanted a first-rounder and a third-rounder uh, so that they wouldn't take Mark Giordano. And Mark Giordano was their best defenseman last year. There's no question about it. He's their captain, their leader, their most popular player. Um, a pillar in the community, like probably the most popular player in the city. Yet, at the end of the day, because of his age, you had to protect the other three defensemen ahead of him. Noah Hannafin, uh, Rasmus Anderson, and, uh, oh my God, why am I? Oh, Chris Tanev, who's, who's probably their best defenseman now. So it, it was just a no-brainer. It just, you know, and, and I remember the general manager telling me afterwards, I mean, he lost so much sleep over this, but he said, you know, Gio was the one that said to me, you got to do this. You got to, you got to, you can't protect me. It's for the best of the organization that you can't protect me. You got to let me go and uh, don't worry about me. I'll be all right. And I just think that's, that is the, the essence of what Mark Giordano is all about. He knew that it was in the best interest of the organization that he'd spent his whole career with. And he wanted the best for the organization. And I just think that uh, that little snippet there says all you need to know about this guy. The old relationship, if you truly love someone, let them go. That's very, yeah. very nice. How romantic. Um, <laughs> get, get, get your thoughts on where the Flames are at right now. They add Callie Yarncrock. At, uh, you know, everyone's very excited about that and his tie to the players, to Foley before that. You know, there, there's some people I was asked who's the favorite to come out of the West, and I know Colorado's supposed to be the answer, but, God, it's getting hard not to say the Flames what are your thoughts on where they're at and how they stack up against the likes of St. Louis, Minnesota, Colorado, those teams? Because it feels like the, the Flames are as good as any of them. Well, over the last eight weeks, the Calgary Flames have the best record in hockey, and it's not even close. I think they have four, four more wins than anybody uh, closer than, to them. Um, so, that, you know, they, they have, they've been, uh, you know, unstoppable for a while now. They plugged their two biggest holes with Toffoli. And Yarncroke, Toffoli's been brilliant, you know, point a game. He's got a goal almost every second game, or more than every second game. Um, you know, everything's going in the right direction for this team right now. They are the second-best team in the West to the Colorado Avalanche. And I would dare say that the Calgary Flames had a better trade deadline in terms of their acquisitions than the Colorado Avalanche had. So I think they narrowed the gap even a little bit more. And when you factor in the fact that Colorado right now it, you know, is missing one of their top defensemen, but also missing their captain in Landeskog. Um, you know, that, th- those are big losses. Now, I, don't, I think both of them are supposed to be back for the playoffs, but at this point in time, I still, you got to give the nod to Colorado. They're the best team in hockey. But, uh, but the Calgary Flames have narrowed that gap. Uh, they went into Colorado recently and beat the Avalanche in Ball Arena. 
and uh, that series is 1-1, and they play one more time, I think, next week. So I think all eyes in the hockey world will want to watch that game because it's going to be a doozy. Sammy McKee and uh, my good buddy here, JB, are uh, already given the MVP to Austin Matthews, but maybe Johnny Goudreau might have something to say about this. Do you not find it strange that there are no talks on a contract? He's a pending UFA, and uh, I know if it was Austin Matthews here in Toronto <laughs> under the same circumstances, uh, I'd have to c- kind of talk Sammy off of uh, the DVP. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... Is it, first of all, Matthews is the MVP. I, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is in that conversation for the heart. You know, I could see him being an outside shot at being a finalist. Uh, he means a ton to this team and this organization. And, yeah, they want to sign him. There's no question about it. But, you know, Kipper, it's like so many players who get this close to unrestricted free agency. And you only get to do that once if you're lucky twice in your career. And, you know, he's going to have 32 teams falling all over themselves because he's going to finish second, third, fourth in, in Hart Trophy this league, this year, and, and then he's going to be up for grabs to the highest bidder. Um, you know, he, he likes Calgary. You know, he says he wants to come back. But at the end of the day, let's see what all the options are before he makes his final decision. I don't think he's coming back, and, uh, and I think it's the right advice for his agent to let him to tell him, no, don't you even think about signing it. Don't even listen to offers at, at this point in time. Play the season out. Go finish uh, as a finalist for the heart, and then, um, you know, see how the playoffs go. That'll be a big thing, guys, because the only knock I've ever had on Johnny Gaudreau is his playoffs. He always disappears in the playoffs, always has, and I always used to think he always will. But the season he's had this year, is he's taken it to a whole new level. He finished fourth three years ago in the Hart Trophy voting, and um, he's having a much better season this year. What, he's plus 47 or something like that, third, or, third in the league? Yeah. He's, he's learned how to play defense. He's responsible at both ends. He's become a leader on this team. I never would have talked about him being a leader on this team, but he is now. He's the best player on this team. Maybe the best, you know, one of the best players in the league. And uh, it's going to be a devastating blow to the Flames if they lose him this summer. However, if he has a playoff like he's had in the past, I don't think anybody in Calgary will miss him a bit. Yeah, no, it's it's much like the Leafs here where the playoffs have started to overshadow everything else that happens. Um, so looking at the West, you know, we've been really struggling to make sense of the Vegas situation and huh. what is going on there. What is up with that team? Well, what have you heard about the Dodonov situation and that contract and, and how it relates to them for the rest of the season here, trying to fit in a guy like Alec Martinez if they have to keep him? Well, your guess is as good as mine as to what, what the ruling is going to be on the Dodonov. I mean, that's just such an unfortunate situation for the player. He's done nothing wrong. It's kind of everybody around him that's kind of had some missteps, and it's just it's really unfortunate. But, you know, um, that team is just in an absolute free fall. This morning was the first time that they woke up this season that they saw that they weren't in a playoff spot. And that's got to be a tough pill to swallow. I'm not sure in their five-year history they've ever been out of a playoff spot. And um, right. And, and it's trending all in the wrong direction. You know, you've got, you've got all this, all this stuff going on with the Donoff's contract. You've got the, the Robin Leonard question mark. You know, is he going to be back? Well, how, how seriously hurt is he? Can the goaltending be good enough? Even if he does come back, I can tell you this: Daryl Sutter still talks about them as being the class of the of, of the Pacific Division, and I think that's a little outdated right now. But the thing is, the Calgary Flames have never won a game in Vegas in the history of their five-year history. They've never beaten the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas. And I think the Calgary Flames, I think Colorado, I think everybody is saying, I really hope Vegas doesn't get their act together because no one wants to play them in the first round. With the size they have, you know, the history they have, uh, the experience they have, I don't think any team wants to play them, uh, especially in the first round. So people all around the West are saying, please continue sinking like a rock. We'll forego one more trip to Vegas, as much fun as it is. We'll forego that and we'll opt for Minnesota or Nashville or somewhere else just so we don't have to play the, the beasts like that. The Edmonton Oilers looked like they were in control in the last five minutes of uh, the game last night. Man, they could have distanced themselves from the Dallas Stars, but uh, what a what a breakdown in those last five that minutes to lose to Dallas. And outside of Calgary Flame fans, I think everybody would love to see both Edmonton and Calgary in the playoffs. But uh, what are your thoughts on Edmonton and the changes that they made? And will it be enough to fight off a team like Vegas and Dallas? 
I think so. I, mean, I think everybody in Calgary will tell you that they expect the Edmonton Oilers to finish second in this division. And uh, they've been pretty good of late. I know they really gave up a golden opportunity last night, but they've been trending well of late. At the end of the day, people in Calgary look at the Edmonton Oilers like a bad rash. They'll just never go away. You know, they might not have the sort of talent or depth that they want. They don't have any goaltending, but they still have the two best players in the world. And those two guys still on any given night can light up any team in the league. And over a seven game series, who knows what those guys are capable of. So yeah, I think the Edmonton Oilers will be second in the division. You know, I think it's pretty evident right now that Calgary Flames are going to win the division. Um, you know, the question is, is it going to be L.A. or Vegas in third? And I, I'm sure you guys, like me, like everybody in the league is still saying, what? L.A. still in the picture? Oh, yeah. They were supposed to, they were supposed to drop out two months ago. So, you know, it, it, we'll see how it ends. Uh, L.A. has been playing well of late, too. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, all those teams, all these teams in the West, all big, heavy teams and the kind of teams that each, each one of them doesn't want to play the other one in the first round or the second round of the playoffs because it takes its toll physically as well as the skill set that all these teams have. Well, it's still so up in the air for the Flames who they're likely to play. You know, you're likely to get the the best of the wild card teams. That could be Nashville, Dallas, Vegas, even Winnipeg and Vancouver on the outside looking in. Who of those teams would have the best shot to actually handle Calgary? You know, from where I sit, it looks like none of them, but that's a pretty, uh, that's not a very fun answer at all. No, and I, I hate to agree with you right now, the way the Calgary Flames are rolling. Hey, there's still 19 games left. The Calgary Flames can fall off the rails. They've done it before. But the way they're trending, the way that just how deep a team this is right now, they had the best line in hockey this year by far, and they broke it up the other night, and they've kept it broken up, and it's still been You're successful. allowed to do that, huh? I know it's amazing. It's quite a luxury to be able to do that. They'll eventually go back to those three guys. But anyway, it's an emotional roller coaster for a calmness living in Calgary, thinking, okay, one day I wake up and it looks like they play Nashville in the first round. Oh boy, do I love Nashville. <laughs> and then the next day I wake up and I see Minnesota there and I say, Oh God, do I hate Minnesota. <laughs> and then I think about Winnipeg and I go, well, not really a big fan of Winnipeg. And, you know, it's it's just right. up and down. It, I don't know who they're going to play. There's still 19 games left. And, um, you know, someone's going to go on a heater. Someone's going to tank. I couldn't predict who. And uh, at the end of the day, I'll just go wherever the plane ticket tells me to go and pray to God that it's a warmer city than this one. Even if you advance, you don't know. If you're playing a punishing team like Minnesota, and we watched Nashville kind of beat up on the Leafs physically Saturday, last Saturday, you don't even know what's going to be left out of those first couple of rounds. No, exactly. Exactly. And again, I think it's, there's so much parody out here in the West that I just, I don't know who you really want to meet. I think the end of the day, guys, I, I, the Calgary flames, the last time they were in the playoffs a couple of years ago or three years ago, they've been in the playoffs since, but three years ago, they won the West in the regular season and everyone, there was a shock, you know, shocking that they would win the regular season in the West. Then they played this Colorado team that people thought were maybe going to be good someday, but they weren't sure if they were ready yet. Well, that's when Nathan McKinnon decided to be a superstar and they won in five games over the Calgary flames. And, 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 and it, it was just unlucky for the flames that they played a red hot Colorado team that had to fight for every inch to get into the playoffs. And you guys have seen that scenario a million times in hockey. Some team barely scrapes into the playoffs. Geez, Daryl Sutter's team did it and won a cup with them in LA Daryl Sutter's team in Calgary in 04 did it. They barely got into the playoffs and then went to the final and lost in the seventh game. So I, I fear the team that scrapes in and gets that last wild card spot or maybe even that second last wild card spot. And that's who the Flames are going to play. So it could be a dangerous team no matter who it is. So Daryl Sutter for Jack Adams, uh, no question about it? There's not even a debate, guys. I don't even <laughs> want to hear somebody. And I don't want to sound like a homer when I say this. No, you're like, not wrong. It, it, it's not just because of the shocking record that Calgary Flames have, but it's just he alone has had such an impact on everything they do. He's the ultimate button pusher. Last night we got such a chuckle. come out. This whole city just can't wait. The most exciting part of some games is, is when Daryl Sutter comes out after the game and, and you know, destroys the media and comes up with these great one-liners. I love and, him. Uh, he, isn't it great? It's so entertaining. And, and, and last night he shoves the, the goalie coach <laughs> Jason LaBarbera, this has never happened before. 
And you could see Jason's face. Now, he played in the NHL, so he can handle himself, but he's still like, holy cow, what am I doing up here? And it was I, I talked to their former goalie coach. I wrote a column on today, David Marcoux, and he said, this is what happens. It gets heated in the coach's room after the game, and he turns to whoever screwed up that night, and he says, hey, your goalie screwed up. You go out and explain what happened to everybody. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did last night. He threw this goalie coach under the bus. He came out and had to answer all the questions about the game. And Daryl was nowhere to be found. And that's exactly what happened. He says, you guys messed this up. You go talk to the media. It's so much fun. What I love best about Daryl is the more you guys win, or the more the team wins, sorry, uh, the crustier he gets. Because it's almost as if, you know, he does not ever want you to have, like, fool's gold here. And ultimately... It's like what we talked at the beginning of the show. It will only matter what happens uh, from uh, the puck drop in game one. And he's getting them ready mentally. Oh, my God. He, he, his whole mantra, and you've talked to guys who played for him, Kipper. It's all about keeping everybody off balance. Yeah. If you think he's going to zig, he's going to zag every time. And the one thing we've been able to nail down is the media this year. And I've covered him in his you know previous incarnation here. You know, the one thing we've almost got down as a certainty is when they win especially when they win big he's going to be the surliest and when they lose he's going to come up all roses and talk about all the positives it's just quite shocking the, the mind games he plays the message sending he uses us as the messenger after every single game and it's kind of fun to be used that way <laughs> <laughs> eric really appreciate your time man we like using Cheers, you boys. on this show <laughs> yeah thanks eric <laughs> <laughs> Good to talk to you, boys. See Senior you columnist, analyst with Sportsnet, Eric Francis. Uh, this just in breaking news that uh, they will void the contract. They will void the trade, sorry. The trade, sorry. Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. No surprise. Well, I just we don't. Said this what right would the alternative the have been, I guess, aside from you mentioned Dodonov's yes, saying, Dodonov's, okay. uh and, and Vegas and Anaheim, uh, the contract or uh, the trade, sorry. I don't know why I keep saying contract. Uh, will be null and void. So what does Vegas do now? Uh, what they do is uh, juggle. They may have to, guys. They may have to just trade contracts out and live with the fact that those players can't play in any postseason, and you just may have to give away some contracts. Well, didn't wasn't there a point last season where they dressed 16 skaters or something insane like that? Your twenty year anyway, whatever it they, is, I can see were, that happening a they lot. We're going to save, I think, around three million dollars off uh, Dadanov's contract mm-hmm. off the cap, which probably would have brought in Martinez and maybe Stone both. But until now, with the three million dollars remaining on his contract for this season back on the books. I don't know how you get those guys back in. You need those guys now. You are in a fight for your playoff lives. 16 games left, and they're outside looking in. What? Who is going to help them? (laughs) What are you going to have to attach to that? Yeah. Like Coyotes? What are they? I feel like they're the place you dump everything. Like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. For a a first-round pick. They're going to have to tell. First of all, cash. They're still looking for cash in the cushions to pay off taxes. Yeah, good point. They're not picking up. It's a good point. Uh, a million dollars just for being a good guy or for a second round pick. It's real money, real cash. But for a first rounder or something ridiculous, there's a point where you say to your owner, we got to do this. They like- didn't pay their bills. <laughs> Human error. Human error. An issue. <laughs> Human error. This is like me looking at a stock that you, I'm like, I bet that's good, but I don't have any can, money. So I can't, <laughs> you I can't can talk buy about it. all the picks you want. <laughs> but you know, when you when you when you stick your hands in in your pockets yeah. and all you pull out are rabbit ears, yeah, no good. Yeah, doesn't work. Someone's like, I'll sell you a Lamborghini for a thousand dollars, and you don't have a thousand dollars. Doesn't matter if it's a good offer. <laughs> but there's there could be some other teams saying, I'll I'll take contracts off. And you may have to give up some of those assets that you've been accumulating the last little while. Montreal. Where are you at, Ottawa? Yeah. But, I mean, if they probably have that, he would probably on their no trade. He'd have them on their no trade, right? Canada. If he has... If he has Try trading him anyway. Well, I, guess he signed, I guess he signed in Ottawa, so maybe they could trade him to Montreal. I don't know. Yeah. I, for a first. It is going to get awfully, awfully expensive for Vegas now. 
Bill Foley's going to want to see results. It's going to be God. expensive. Assets. What do you do? I don't know. Prospects. I don't know what you can draft do. Draft picks. Like, they have people employed to talk to each other and be like, what can we legally do to get rid of this contract or get people off the books? All right, Sammy, we giving anything away tonight? Like tickets? Um, yeah, and just La, La Barbara getting sent out there by Sutter. I, That's I, didn't, know, I didn't know that happened. I know, That's I know what Eric's talking about when you're in the room and he's going, wow, we played great with the goalie. And, you know, someone's, then the PR guy comes in and says, Daryl, you, you got to go meet with the media. And he goes, I'm not going out there. You're going out there. It's your guy. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, like, I, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So we're giving away tickets to March 31st game against Winnipeg now, which could be the, that's the revenge bowl, remember? Mm. I mean, it feels like it's been so long. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, all you have to do is download Wednesday and Thursday's episode of Real Kipper and Born and listen for different code words that will be placed in the, pro- in the podcast. Then text each code word to 59590 and you will be entered for a chance to win. Each code word counts as an entry. And the winner will be selected on Friday, fellas. And these contests, it's not like there's like 10 billion people in them. Like you're one of... Yeah, just get in there. Thousands of people. I don't know how many. Get in there. You got a chance.